This Fam Like the Ghost is a continuing series of uh, song deconstructions. We're talking about, um, in episode 66, um, the 8-bit inspired video game theme song, Josephine Says Shut It. And a uh, little history on Fam Like the Ghost. Before we were Phantom Electric Ghost, we were just uh, Keith Gittins Jones out there on SoundCloud doing a lot of soundscapes and sound paintings. A lot of these soundscapes and sound paintings became the basis of our um, electronic rock opera called September um, Play and uh, Burn the World Down, which is out there on the lot, on all the streaming services. But lately we were listening uh, to some video game music from back in the day, you know, from the Atari 2600 era, Nintendo Master, you know, Nintendo, uh, the Nintendo Systems out there um, in the Sega Master System and just the general goodness of the 8-bit inspired 8-bit video games caused us to do this new song uh, which Josephine's basically saying you know, don't don't have any vocals just play the music and so what we did is we took our Roland Juno GI and we used the triangle wave a triangle wave lead which has that kind of you know Sonic, the Hedgehog, Mario Brothers type of sound uh, when you play it in any kind of melody as a lead. And we decided to create our own kind of, you know, mock video game theme. And we called Josephine Says Shut It. And uh, we used it for the bottom end of the song, um, the, the analog Arturia Mini, Mini Brute 2S and uh, the Moog. DFAMs and Mother 32 to give us the analog fatness of the bass signals. And then for the drums, uh, we used the JDXI again. Uh, we customized the beat um, that we uh, we thought was pretty cool because we were just kind of like, like uh, a very fast kind of jam band kind of beat. But what we did also is... Um, in some places on the JDXI, we kind of put fills in. And also on the um, Arteria Beats the Pro, we ran the roller command to, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit and give more variability to the drum beat. So it felt like a natural drummer. And we like to do that to kind of give a little life as a one-person band uh, using uh, tools like, like the Arteria Beats the Pro. And in the, just the sequencers that are available in our other gear, um, and there's a sequencer inside the Mini Brute 2S. There's a sequencer on the DFAM, but it's a controlled voltage. So we you do some you know, kind of old school programming on that, uh, on the voltage levels. And then we have the Mother 32's 32-bit um, capabilities. So we have a lot of different ways to um, create sequences in our current workflow. Plus we can run our tape, our digital tape, which is a old technique of running tape as a as a source of um of the actual song so a lot of cases sometimes we're rolling the tape and there could be stuff that's on our digital tape that we already pre-recorded and then we can play with you know which is kind of cool like on zoom you can you can roll a tape and then play over it on another track live and a lot of cases we'll do that when we do live shows 
uh, the shows that we did in 2016, uh, we used our R16 Zoom to exclusively do that, where we had songs that were structured pretty much, and we just left some of the tracks open for either the piano or the bass or the lead or the guitar parts and the vocal parts. And so we had, basically, we were able to replicate our songs without using a sequencer. Uh, we used the tape machine to do it, but it's a digital tape machine, so it's really stable. And in some cases, it's more stable than a sequencer because you're not dependent on your MIDI signal to do that. And if there's an issue with your MIDI signal or you can't get the tone that you originally recorded with, you're able to be consistent with your original song, but then you can have the ability to play with it, um, which is a little different than just running a sequencer. Kind of like what people do with MPCs, um, kind of let you do that. I figured out how to do it with um, my Zoom in the combination with the Zoom and Arteria Beatstep Pro is how I've been doing this for a while. And so this song is, you know, just our homage to uh, going back to our sound paintings and the video game theme music. We got a pretty good response to it. Cause a lot of people seem to like, you know, w w the way we're coming from on it. And uh, we're happy that they like it. We've always kind of wondered if we should go back to doing our non-vocal recordings but our, our our instrumentals never get the kind of um hit that our our josephine our fan songs do but we'd still like to do them um and we try to integrate our our instrumental performance to everything we do that's why a lot of our songs are kind of overly long um just because we like to play and we're kind of coming from that kind of jazz sunrock kind of inspired um concept of just like, you know, rolling and just going with what we feel. A lot of our recordings are feel-based. Uh, a lot of our tracks are second, third take, first take um, type of recordings. And that's been, you know, worked for us a lot. In some cases we've gone through um, and, and really constructed a song, like the song I want to share a fifth with you is highly constructed. Um, so we feel that um, that's um, been good for us. And, you know, we know uh, some of our techniques are not exactly standard. Um, though we do have songs where we have separated vocal tracks, separated bass tracks. And then we have our songs that are more live recordings where everything's been kind of equalized on our dual mixers before it hits maybe just one or two tracks. And so a lot of cases, sometimes we'll record a song and we'll use our MX-1 mixer to set the levels on that and then record it right to tracks one and two on a Zoom. And we'll have, you know, we don't have the vocals on a separate track. We don't have the bass on a separate track. And that's typically not what you're supposed to do. But when you're trying to capture the live feel of a live recording, sometimes you do it that way. Now, we've looked at, you know, solutions that could allow us to still record that way, but separate the tracks so we have more control over the individual tracks, like the live track. L12 seems to be a good machine for doing that, but we're also interested in, in Tascam 24. And, uh, you know, we try to be our own recording engineer and everybody will say, well, you shouldn't do that. But a lot of people were doing home recording today. They do what they can. They're using Pro Tools. They're doing their own mastering. Um, yeah, and it might not be what it could be with a recording engineer, but then again, you have, you're, you have the artist having their original concept done the way they wanted to do it and i'm sure the recording engineer if you could afford them 
would you know make a lot of my material better than it is but it's what I can do right now and so you know I've I've applied for many many different contests to try to get professional recording uh, done for my material but I've been okay with what I've been doing so far you know I've been increasing the quality of my gear uh, making a move to the Tascam 24 or the L12 in the future maybe even a combination of the two for certain reasons like I said the L12 could record things on separate mixes and then the R24 could be my final mastering um, and potentially then I wouldn't even do, need to do Landar if I had R24 I mean the, the model 24 from Tascam but we'll look at that so we're we're really happy with what we've been doing um, on our um, overall Anchor podcast. We are fan supported, and if you do support us, you could maybe help us toward a couple goals. You know, one of our goals is to get a Moog One, and then use it to you know do collaborations with indie artists around the world. Our typical collaboration uh, is that we don't ask for any money up front. Uh, we just take it all on the back end publishing, um, and it's usually a 50-50 situation. And so if we were able to get a Moog One, we would work with artists around the world and, 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 and share that capability. So if you think that's cool, you like what the ghost is doing, you think that's a good idea, if you subscribe to us, you know, you'll help us do that. But we'll also give you one of our first CDs um, from 2016. They're on Amazon.com but no longer on any of the streaming services. So the first three Fam Electric Ghost albums, Something Wicked, Indigo Menace, and Synesthesia Sweet Neo Soul Surrender, we'll give you one of those copies if you subscribe at the $4.99 or $9.99 level. And then also that would help us toward our goal of getting the Moog One. So thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to us. We're at 1.4K uh, with 1,400 listens on anchor uh, our peak when we were on soundcloud i'm not soundcloud but spotify was around 3,000. so we're getting closer back to you know getting our original audience back it's a lot of work after spearman stopped doing podcasts we do appreciate spearman because we use their tool their headliner tool for a lot of our video stuff but um yeah we we did take a hit when we, our audience all now all of our audience came back came with us to spearman Maybe it was our issue. We couldn't convert them or let them know where we were going. Um, but now, you know, we've got a pretty good base there. We've interviewed almost all the artists that we interviewed on Spearman. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're going forward with what we're going to do uh, with um, The Ghost. And we're hoping that The Ghost is going to, in 2019, be on some stages um, around the world. And, and playing in front of people other than our Facebook Live, which we're going to continue doing Facebook Live performances. But we're also very interested in getting back and doing live shows. So that is something that we're very interested in. And hopefully you'll see us somewhere around the world in the future. Thank you.